welcome to Imagine Me and Mawari You, Penguin Drum. I am Panda. I am your host, and I am here with my co-host Alice. Hi, Alice. Hello there. How are you? I am doing pretty well. It has been a little bit of a time since last we recorded. We are recording this uh, in the middle of our winter hiatus, so you, the, the listeners, will not be hearing it until after the new year has begun. I'm also here with my co-host Cass. Hi, Cass. Hello, hello. How are you? I am also mildly tired. <laughs> and we are here with a special guest for today's episode. Hi, Yasha. Hi. Yasha's been on the show before. And now she's back, and she's going to be back again next episode. Yeah, because next episode was the one I really wanted to talk about. We might as well talk about them both, now that mm-hmm. I've watched them both. <laughs> <laughs> we are, of course, talking about Mawaru Penguin Drum episode 14. Mm-hmm. Does anyone remember what's I think it was the princess of lies the princess of lies i was about to say the girl who lies which was close but it is the princess of lies Mm -hmm. and boy yeah yeah uh yeah (laughs) let's just get into it i (laughs) (laughs) i don't really like what happens in this episode i know yasha yasha and i have watched it alice and cass have not and I guess we should maybe do a warning at the top of this episode. This and the next episode are both going to involve, like, sexual assault? Sexual assault yeah, imagery? Well, you know, we'll get there, but just be be warned that this episode and the next episode are kind of... Not fun. You know, a lot. Yeah. Oh boy, I this is the exact thing I wanted to hear after a long day coming home to podcast. I know. But you know, we'll be doing it together. <laughs> we all are struggling together. We're, We're all, all in this together. together when we go. <laughs> Alright, so starting the episode. Uh we are at the theater where the is it the tragedy of m is the name of the the play the takarazuka play we are showing a it's a one of the showings of the play yeah oh boy i can't wait for this to go extremely well i love every time yuri sings because it's just so awful (laughs) she's so terrible at it (laughs) this fucking We're getting the song that always plays during these sequences that is never translated in the dub. They just keep the Japanese singing. <laughs> and is it, it's next episode that we get a new opening theme. I think so, yeah. I thought it was this episode, but I watched them back to back today because I wasn't sure which episode we were going to be recording for. But next episode, we get a new new opening sequence, new new theme song. Which theme song do you like better? You know, I've only heard the new one once, so I'll have to sit on it a little more. Part of me wants to say the first one, but that could also just be biased because I've heard it more, and I do uh, like it. Hard uh, Boys Come Back to Me. <laughs> the second theme song is by far the superior on the show. I'll have yeah. to listen to them both. I just, uh... I like the first one. My heart says the first one, but I've only heard the second one once. I like the first one. Have you heard the second one? 
I have. Why are you all wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to it again. I mean, I do like both of them, to be fair. I'm not saying I like, I don't like the second one. I know, yeah. but I'm so, at the same time, and they rejected her for her doctrine because she spoke the truth. <laughs> We're wrong specifically to piss you off. <laughs> Look, I assume that's why everyone who has a different opinion from me has that opinion secretly deep down. We are in a very stylish hotel room with, uh, we see Yuri's head very clearly. I mean, we see her whole body, but we can tell that it's her from the hair. Looking out the window at Tokyo Tower. Never mind about Paris, actually. Oh, hey, is that Yuri's, uh, oh. That's, that's her co-star. I yeah. feel sorry for your husband. Mm-hmm. Do we support women's wrongs in this world? <laughs> That's yes. a hell of a frame right there, actually. Hell of yeah, a frame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, okay, on its own, divorced from everything, this is probably someone's horny comic on on uh, Twitter. I need to just, like, take, like, a a nice screen grab of, of that with the I feel sorry for your husband. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'd like to note that this is the same co-star who introduced Yuri to give her away at the party when she. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What we're gonna find out over the course of the next couple episodes is that Yuri's fucked up. <laughs> hey, remember when I said Yuri was being fucking weird? Remember all the way back in like episode five when I said that? Yes. Can I have my cookie, please? She is being fucking weird, and it's going to be astronomical soon, how weird she is. Yep. Her co-star oh is, like, waxing poetic about how, like, oh, you could only ever share this feeling with another woman. Mm-hmm. I've grown tired of you. I just <laughs> why you really are a boring one-trick pony. Oh, wow. Destroyed <laughs> in the middle of her sapphic monologue. Yep. Yeah. Yuri just absolutely, like takes the wind out of her sails. Do you really think you can satisfy a woman with those moves? She's oh, girl, so you didn't mean. Mani- you didn't get the manicure. <laughs> Yuri's rushing out to a car that she has clearly had called ahead from uh, the valet, and her co-star runs after her and says, I thought we were supposed to be partners in stage and in bed. Two is one. You're sadly mistaken. I never sleep with actresses I've grown tired of again. Oh, man. Just destroyed. Say it ain't so. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. Oh. That fucking face, though. She says, are you sure? Uh, if you break up with me, someone somewhere might spread a rumor about your body's secret. What the fuck does that mean? That's the creepiest way you could say something. Wait. 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 Mm-hmm. Yuri's not having any of it, though. She's just like, you're pathetic to the core. What does her body secret mean? Does she have, like, cancer? Is she pregnant? Uh, you're gonna find out over the course of the next couple episodes. I'm sure I will. If, if this is gonna turn into a trans predator thing, I want out this ride. I'm pretty sure it's just a lesbian predator thing, honestly. Yeah. I, uh, in that case, Which is I not good. Slightly less. But I'm fairly certain we are just going with lesbian predator in in this. Are, why? Also, yeah. I just I need to make this joke because this is going to be for me and like probably one other person listening. Pathetic to the core, my favorite song from the Descendants franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that does sound like a Descendants song. There is a song, and it's probably the best song in the entire franchise, and it's called Rotten to the Core, and it's the opening song on the first movie, and 
that's why that's why I needed to make that joke. That was for me. That was for both of us. By the way, you they know, just announced a new Descendants movie, and I'm the only other so person excited. in this room who cares about Descendants. I love like the Descendants movie so much. <laughs> Anyway, Yuri's partner tries to run after her, like, I love you, Mon Amour. Oh no, she's going past the Akio streetlights. Yeah, the Akio energy with Yuri yeah. in this scene, she's got the red car, like, it's off the charts. Mm-hmm. She says this world is governed by cruel rules, the needed and the unneeded. Yeah, this this is giving me Akio flashbacks. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. I'm scared it's here. Just I'm buckle the- in. <laughs> Oh boy, that's why I've succeeded fabulously. Oh boy. And I do believe that is the Tokyo Tower and not, we're not in Paris. Yep, yeah, that's gotta be Tokyo Tower. Oh, yep, she did did the gear shift! Yep. I really, I actually think the 3D modeling on the cars in the scene is really good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Can't believe we're getting the initial D version of Akio. (laughs) I have become a special presence. No one will be allowed to touch me as they please again. No one will be allowed to reach my heart, she says, as her car reflects the lights. I've abandoned my past. Oh, she does! She does a fucking drift! Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) We get some really good, like, classic anime Tokyo skyline in this episode. Like, with the soft teals against the dark blue sky. With, like, uh, orange and red highlights. I can't believe she actually fucking drifted. Yeah, it's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. The world is made up of lies. Yuri no is now crying on her steering wheel. She says no one will truly need her again. Not for all eternity. All right. Okay. So we are doing a dead lover. The only one who told me I was beautiful. Hmm, I wonder who she's talking about. I want to see you right now. We will meet again, right? I mean, we promised. That our bond would be eternal. Alright, Mario Penguin, where are we going with? Uh, please don't. Uh, and we smash God. cut to <laughs> Ringo. We can't have been right about this. We smash cut to Ringo, who sees Shoma walking down the street. And she tries to run up and, like, she's kind of talking like, you know, like, if we remember at the end of the last episode, he, like, was kind of a dick to her. Told her to fuck off, basically. And... Now, like, she's trying to act normal and is asking about Himari getting discharged from the hospital. And she brings up that, like, oh my god, she emailed Himari and she's like texted Shoma and they haven't been responding. Shoma, don't be a dick to this poor sweet girl. Shoma's gonna be a dick to this poor sweet girl. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> You know, I think the episode just froze, but it's really funny that it froze on this shot because it does look like it does look like she just froze in reaction. <laughs> yep. And Shoma brushes her off and says he's in a hurry. And he has fucked right off. Poor Ringo. Ringo, please. Oh, Ringo, you can do better. You can do better than him. I swear. You really know, can. Right? Shoma's like, I mean, I could never make it up to you. Make up? For what? That's not funny. He's like, what do you want from me? Should I get on my knees and apologize a hundred, no a thousand times? Shoma, just accept that she wants you in your life, in her life anyway, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah, he's being like real dumb in this episode. (laughs) I mean, he can't have finished his arc yet. We're only halfway through the series. 
That's true. What is wrong with you? What, I know. I mean, he's unable to. He's unable to get past the the idea that like his family's curse is fucked her life up, mm-hmm. and he has convinced himself that that's just going to be there. Like I get that. And like it is, but like he's just not listening to her. <laughs> Shoma, I love and value you and want you to be part of my life. You must hate me for what I've done. Yeah. Uh, briefly in his defense here, when you are in sort of a karmic that sort of moral karmic debt to somebody to really great degrees, it doesn't really matter what they say. Like there's no way to really believe them, right? Because what you've done is so bad that if they say that it's fine or that it's not like something hold against you, then there's no way to know if that's still if that's true or not. Because it shouldn't be. So them saying it is has to work against like the reality of the situation as you understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense, but it's also he's just straight up not listening to her. Yeah. Which is a bigger sin, I guess. The real sin is your failure to communicate. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of inherent to all Ikahara shows, huh? Yep. The real sin was the failure to communicate that we met along the way. <laughs> Everyone abandoned us. The three of us were forced to live on our own. I'm not like them. I won't abandon you. Ringo's trying very hard to, like, convince Shoma to, like, just be... Just be a friend. Be my friend. Please, I have so few positive relationships in my life. The thought never even crossed Ringo's mind that she might have to forgive Shoma. No, you will never be able to forgive us. (laughs) You will continue to monitor our family's misfortune. Until we are... Until you were left to an utter ruin. I mean, he's not wrong. But also. Yeah. And, like, I understand that he has no reason to believe that she's not going to be like everyone else now that she knows. But, like, still. Yeah, it's, I I, I get this. I I have a, I've got a relating to show a little bit here. Like. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong because he has experienced this before. Yeah, I mean, everybody found out about what his parents did and everybody left, except for that one uncle who is very hands-off to the point of leaving those three kids to live on their own without any parental supervision. He's there, but barely. Yeah, so it's not wrong of Shoma to believe this. His entire life has shown him that it's true. It's just, that's what Ringo's fighting against, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The impression I got from the uncle is that there were relatives willing to take them in. It's just that none of them were willing to take in all three of them together, which is part of why they've been living on their own. Because there was that earlier episode where he had a conversation with uh, Kanba. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something going on there with why wouldn't they take all three of them, but we don't know what that is yet. Emphasis Mm -hmm. on yet. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I, we've talked about it and it seems like there's something fishy there, but like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just on. Well, Mr. me, Ethan from Cars. the standpoint of uh, having finished the series a couple of times, I could tell you you're absolutely right, but I'm not going to tell you why. Ha ha! That's the best kind of right. Ha <laughs> I think I've already figured it out, but I'm afraid if I say it, it's going to either be... A distraction or just keep it in your pocket and we'll I'm gonna keep it in my pocket and I I'll give my called shot to Yasha later and okay. I'll see if I'm right in a few episodes 
Yeah. It's like, I'm afraid I'm about to have ended up being right about some other stuff back in the world. <laughs> so fucking bad. Oh. Cast Radamus over here. Yeah. So Ringo's trying to convince Shoma that she loves Damari too and all of that. And he's just cutting her off, basically. I've had enough of this. Why do we continue to hurt each other with superficial words? Ah, my favorite new Vocaloid album. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, you're not wrong. <laughs> and Ringo says, you're right. I've only been thinking about myself. It hurts you to talk to me. I'm sorry. I was being dense. Jeez. This is and so he just walks sad. Away. God, and she just figured out she liked him. That was yep. the healthiest attachment she's ever had. Yep. And she's just like bawling in the middle of the street. And Hamari's even awake. We cut to Himari and she and Sunny are knitting in her hospital bed. I love the shine off her forehead. Himari's the cutest. I <laughs> warm scarf. <laughs> uh, she has been making a blue scarf. Sunny was making a purple scarf. She's very proud of her work. She's making them for double oh. H. God, why I'm so sad now. Oh, those fucking rabbits. Cut to black bunnies. On in Sanatoshi's office. <laughs> I'm impressed you came up with a comically large amount of money so soon. Yep. Then I'll give this to your sister. This being the medicine. The bullet full of medicine. Actually, that's um an ampule. Like ampules yeah. used to be shaped like that. I have a bunch of back when this company called Villainess was uh, doing perfume oils. I don't know if they still are anymore, but they used to package them in ampules that looked almost exactly like that. Yeah, I just like to call them bullets because I think it's funny. Mm -hmm. Also, for like months, I thought that little uh, sticker on the apple was a bullet shape, and it no it shaped like that. And then Senatoshi's like, this isn't quite enough. Market price fluctuates. Sorry about that. Meanwhile, Penguin number one is uh, sorting sorting his porn. A bunch of porn. Can't believe we gave Penguin number one a porn pile to sort. <laughs> He's so efficient. I love how dutifully, dutifully he sucks. Kamba says he'll come up with the money. And he asks when Himari can be discharged. And Sanatoshi says... When the secrets of the world are revealed. Because that's just the kind of fucking guy he is. That's just the kind of fucking guy Ikuhara villains are. I know. I actually like Sanatoshi, though. I think yeah. it's fun. <sighs> After a few more ampules, she'll be well enough to go home at least. But he doesn't say discharged. Oh, um, I don't know. Did Vana point this out ever? Uh, we actually confirmed it with somebody. The outside of the hospital is the outside of the, I think, Pompidou Museum in Paris. Oh, no. Oh. I don't think this has come up. Yeah. Wow. I've actually been to that museum. Neat. We kept on thinking over and over that it looked the same, but we have a friend in Paris and she confirmed it for us. She actually took a picture for us. That so, yeah. is such a weird detail. Why? I don't know. I mean, you know, you gotta have designs for buildings when you're making an anime because buildings, you know, you can, they gotta look like something. So sometimes I think creators just throw in buildings that they like the look of. Mm -hmm. How are you this fine morning, princess, says someone from off screen. 
It, I was going to say it's Sanatoshi going into Himari's room. He finds uh, her scarves in the trash and is like, what happened? And threw them away. But you worked so hard on them. They're well made. That's a waste. There will be divine retribution. <laughs> I thought they were presents for people you cared about. And Himari says it doesn't matter anymore because no one would like getting her handmade scarves. Is this because the Kamba said that bullshit about handmade presents in a previous episode? Probably. But that's oh, amazing. Sanatoshi just fucking equips them. Sanatoshi yep. puts both of them on and he looks fabulous. <laughs> he looks electrifying. It's a really good look. Mm-hmm. I love that he's voguing wearing the scarves. Yeah. And <laughs> is just not feeling it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's this fucking girl. Natsume? Yep. Gosh, I must crush it soon, she says, getting ready to swim laps. Yep. Are you certain that woman has the other half of the diary? Yep. Fucking, there she goes. She's got. She and Esmeralda are aiming for like a fucking intense time on these laps. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, it's Jury. <laughs> every time. Every single time. Can't believe straight Jury is a thing in this show. Well... It's time to hunt the fox. No! Stay yes. away! No. Fox hunting is a crime perpetuated by the English. <laughs> Perfidious Albion. Oh, oh, God. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Oof. Ringo, she's been reading teen magazines trying to figure out how to be nice to her crush, to get her crush's attention, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. And oh she's God. just having a meltdown in the middle of the sidewalk now because I she can't too. believe she said all oh, that bleak, she, bleak. Yep. Can't believe she said all of those things to him and he still rejected her. And who pulls up a red car with <laughs> oh, Yuri in the driver's fuck. seat? Yeah. Here we go. Can I reserve a ticket to get off this wild ride? Nope. Nope. I'd like to get off. Please. Please, ma'am. I'd like to get off Miss Yuri's wild ride. By podcast law, you can't get off yet. <laughs> I to say. Ringo's pouring out her trouble to Yuri about how it hurts Shoma to talk to her and she doesn't know what to do about it. She realized they can never meet again. Maybe that's our fate. Oh no, she said the words. You're in love, you poor girl, but first loves rarely come into fruition, says Yuri. I had someone like that too. Oh boy, I wonder who. Just so you know, it wasn't Tabuki. What happened? Disappeared. Disappeared. Ominous. One day without telling me. So I know exactly how you feel. But did you know? A fabulous Max Girl Side Out is the best solution. I know that she always says that, but combined there, it almost sounds like it's like advertising something specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a Yuri like that should be oh, a, It needs boy. to be like a trademark there. Oh boy. So then we cut to the subway and what are they advertising this time? Going in might be fine but returning is scary, says the little caption on the uh, subway sign. And Kanba's got the money for Himari's medicine and uh, Penguin show. number one ooh, about the next job Kanba says, surrounded by dudes in hats and trench coats. And here's Natsume. Yeah. Yeah. Esmeralda's <laughs> armed with porn to disarm uh, Penguin number one. I mean, amazing. it'll work. Gosh, I must crush them soon, she announces as she charges the dudes and just... Man, John Wick 4 was weird. 
<laughs> this episode of Blood Chorus Recoil is not going as expected. No, actually, this is... Blood Chorus Recoil will do this. Oh, yeah, no, this scene... Oh, my God! <laughs> there are pictures of oh her... Oh, they're all specifically pin up by... The fucking glasses pick! Yeah. <laughs> These are truly amazing. Just fucking inspiring. <laughs> yes, so... To explain why everybody is freaking out, Esmeralda has given Penguin number one glamour shots of herself. Porn shots, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're very much like sexy pinup shots. Except it's with a tiny chubby <laughs> penguin. Sexy Esmeralda in the top corner! We got the It's really funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, Natsume has uh, her slingshot gun loaded and pointed point blank at Kanba's forehead. Mm-hmm. I love that she seems to be looking down the sights, even though she's literally right next to him. And she's threatening him, telling him he doesn't know what he's getting into. One more step and you'll fall into the sea. I'll pay for it if you need money, she says. To which she responds, as if I'm going to use the Natsume clan's money. Fine, then I'll crush you, she says. Before you fall and become seal food. And he trips her. She misses. Now, I have a question. I feel like she misses on purpose and then he trips her. I think he might. It might be both. Okay. But like the me- the mechanics of that shot, I think he did actually kick her legs out from under her. Oh, right? no, I definitely think. Yeah, I just think I don't think she missed because he kicked her legs out from under her. The, the shot leaves it ambiguous. I kind of think she was going to do it. Mm. We'll never know. We will never know. And it is, I think, uh, up to each individual viewer's interpretation. What isn't is that the train advertisement's continued form is like double H conga dance or dancing in a line with the other people. <laughs> it's something about the seeds of misconduct spreading yes. like a wheel? Apparently. Apparently. Anyway. What's so good about her? What are you talking about? So Natsume is asking Kanbo, I guess she's arguing with Kanbo, like, why why are you doing all this for Himari? Yep. When I'm right here, I know everything about you. Do I have to spell it out for you? You love her. Yes, hopelessly so. And Kanbo's just like, nope, not answering. Just stone-faced. Who are you talking about? I just want to save my precious family. So it just can't be me, Natsume asks. He tells her to stop this nonsense. Fine. She takes her wrist rocket and says, I'll seize happiness in my own way and goes home to watch the nature channel, I guess. She says, I'll save Mario for sure. Ah! Why did Ikahara do this? Like, why did he name a character Mario? Like, he knows that that the association with the name Mario is Mario. Why did he do this? I mean, because... You know, the character is Italian. I assume it's because he lost a bet with... Oh, God, what's his name? Um, The JoJo guy. Um, Oh. Oh, my God. Uh, Wow. Araki. Yeah, thank you, Araki. I assume he lost a bet with Araki. He had to put an Italian of some kind in there and did it to fuck with him. We've decided that there's some characters in this show who are going to be into high fashion, so here, Araki, I threw you exactly one Italian. (laughs) A dying child. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly one, you fucking spaghetti boo. So now we cut to the outside of what looks like a resort and a red car parked outside of it. Oh, they've gone to a... Oh, they've gone to like one of those little mountain inns with like a little spa attached, probably. Are you on a trip with your sister? They yes. tell Yuri, uh, thank you for your continued patronage. So she apparently goes here a lot. Oh, older sister for the day. Oh, boy. I'm going to point out here that the last time Ikuni took me to a hotel and a show, I did not like it. Hmm. I'm curious. I'm sure that nothing bad is going to happen and there's no reason. Casually put that on the table? Um, (laughs) Not going to do anything with it. I'm sure there's no reason that I warned at the top of the show that things are going to go very badly. I mean, maybe we'll get lucky because this, unlike the other one, was not one of the most cinematic bits of the entire show. So maybe, you know, he's saving it up. Maybe he's pulling my leg here. It's possible. No, it's gonna happen. Let's keep going. Life is pain. Oh boy. So, yeah, like, the cover story is that Ringo is Yuri's little sister, and Yuri is kind of laying it on a bit. She's like, I think it'd be fun to have a cute little sister. Yep. You have to call your mother first. That's refreshed body and soul. Oh, good. They're going to tell her mom that she's there. That means nothing bad can happen. And there's an onsen. Oh, God. We always used to ask why there was no onsen episode in Utena. And so now (laughs) he gave us an onsen episode. He did. I feel like the hotel episode, I feel like episode 33 of Utena could have taken place in an onsen, but he wanted to be cool and put it in like more of a European style hotel. Anyway, Ringo asks uh, Yuri where she met Tabuki, and she looks like she's genuinely happy to be spending some time. I mean, you're a star. You two are worlds apart. And Yuri's just like, you can be pretty blunt, huh? He's a childhood friend of mine. We were classmates at elementary school. Wait a minute. Which means... Oh, no, 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 Yuri knew Ringo's sister Momoka. No, no, no. She says, yes, I did. I knew her very well. She's me, you see. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been such a good twist. Put out the fucking old bit in the desert shit. That would have been a really good twist, but no, unfortunately, the reveal is not that Yuri has secretly been Momoka the whole time. Uh, You can say that, but I'm already done. I've already made up my mind. I refuse to learn differently. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So Ringo asks, what was she like? The fire flares ominously. A vast field of flowers peeking out from a dry, desolate desert. A single light shining in the cold, dark night. Extremely heterosexual things to say about your childhood best friend. Is this some kind of like fucking samurai death poem? (laughs) What the hell did that mean? Momoka changed my world. When I was with her, everything seemed brighter. Momoka was a magical girl. The world is filled with things to be loved, including myself. Tabuki said something like that too, says Ringo. She really was an amazing person, unlike me. That's kind of depressing. That's not true at all. Sisters sure are mysterious. Ringo, you have the same scent as Momoka. I'm hitting the I do not wish to be here button. (laughs) The episode keeps happening. Look, we gotta stick this out together, guys. 
I wanted to become Momoka, Ringo says. Well, Ringo and Yuri play uh, ping pong. Ping pong. Ringo is giving her exposition about wanting to become Momoka. Because Tabuki loves Momoka. Man, uh, this ping pong game sure is exciting. Sure, sure would like to cut over to uh, the ping pong anime. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that, that, that's also a high concept art series. Are we sure you okay, fine. Wait, are you talking about Ping Pong Club? Yeah. Or Ping oh Pong the God. Animation? Yes. Ugh. So many hours spent watching Ping Pong Club. <laughs> Getting lots of shots of vending machines now. Oh, Ping Pong Club and Ping Pong are two different anime. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, on the wall of the room where they're playing ping pong is a, a poster for the tragedy of M. And Yuri says, the truth is, my marriage to Tabuki is just for show. Kidding! <laughs> the truth is, haha, <laughs> just kidding, unless. The truth is, they're actually bound by a wheel of fate. Bonk, and immediately the ball rolls off course. And Ringo's like, what? And then we see a shot of- Oh, no, no, no! (laughs) No! A shot of a pill dissolving in a glass of juice or something. Is that what what I think it is? Yeah. Probably. It's not Alka-Seltzer. I see. Fuck! No! So Ringo asks if there's anything else, and Yuri's like, your similarity with Momoka? All sorts of things. You see the way you never look away when you're truly interested. It's just like her. her. That too. The habit of playing with your bangs when you blush. And Ringo's like, that kind of makes me happy. Completely unaware of the danger. (laughs) Her parents never told her much about Momoka. I hate this shit. I do too. She continues to drink her beverage. While Yuri looks on. She's still drinking. Why is she holding a glass like that? That's very weird. I feel like it might be alcohol of some kind based on the way that she's blushing. Like, I mean, I know that there's a drug in it, but also like. I don't think it's alcohol because she probably wouldn't have been able to convince them to bring alcohol to the room for a minor. Uh, uh, Well, I mean, Ringo's like 17. Like they could probably. They could probably pull off the, and also like she's like a. We know that she's a a repeat customer, and she's like a well known actress, sort of. It's possible. I I'm gonna bet that that's not supposed to be alcohol, mostly because it's being served in a regular drinking class, and Yuri's very clearly alcoholic beverage was served in a wine glass, so. Given how drinking culture tends to work in Japan, my my bet is that's not actually alcohol. I think that's just like a soda or something. It's probably juice if it's not alcohol, but... Um, there is something more pressing for me. What's with the rope? Ah, yeah, I was waiting for someone to notice that. Um, don't worry about that. Okay. I'm sure that nothing's gonna happen in the next four minutes. Okay, the last time you asked me said uh, I didn't have to worry about something, and it turns out that I did, in fact, have to worry about it a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you wouldn't lie to me would you panda you um, wouldn't lead me astray with falsehoods would you panda maybe you should worry a little bit okay <laughs> um also the line on the screen is hey do you still want to become momoka uh, 
five. Life is page. I'm sure I am living. Anyway, uh, that's a shot of an empty glass, and wow, she spilled it. And yep, she is out for the count. Yeah, it was a mostly empty glass that has clearly been dropped because she, yep. her hand, and the rest of her body are going limp. Even your hand is almost a carbon copy. Oh my God! No, no, no! This the is the shape of your fingers, the curve She's of your nails. Ringo, how fabulous you are. She very weakly says, Yuri? Well. We see that the main room is empty with all their food everywhere. And in the bedroom, Yuri says, no one knows the real me and still thinks I'm beautiful. We're getting a shot. There's a reason for that, Yuri. Panning up over legs. Well, there's a complicated reason for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the current reason no one thinks that is that they find out what you're doing right now, no one... Yes. <laughs> so I think we've emphatically found the limit of this uh, podcast's usual policy of supporting women's wrongs. Yeah, this is fucked up. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna be real, we, uh... I'm not sure we could use that phrase anymore in this series. <laughs> I mean, we can't use it about Yuri for sure right now, but what is transpiring is Ringo is lying on the ground. Lying on the bed. It is actually... Uh... Okay, yeah, lying on the bed. And she's clearly like been drugged because she drank the drink that had the pill in it. Oh, and boy. Yuri is monologuing about Momoka and talking about how Momoka was the only person who ever saw her and for who she was and still said she was beautiful. And standing over Ringo with a rope in her hand. A bright red rope. <sighs> she alone accepted the true me. Momoka was my soulmate. And she starts to undress Ringo. I don't suppose this is also going to be a thing where, uh, like, a frog will get in the way and this will all pan out and no one will get sexually assaulted. Yuri says, I want to see her. Whatever it takes, I want to see Momoka one more time. That's right. I won't believe it. Momoka is not dead. This is really fucked up. The time has finally come. Everything is as written on Momoka's diary, and she pulls yep. out yeah, wow, the wow. half of Momoka's diary out of her robe, and we get the flashback card. It says, Yuri, in front of my condo, the night of the storm, in the pouring rain, the true identity of the female writer who stole half of Ringo's diary is... Yeah, well, yeah, now we have confirmation of... Yeah, we knew this was a Natsume because of some stuff that happened earlier, but we can now confirm it was Yuri. Mm-hmm. Ringo, I want you to become Momoka. And then she starts undressing. But I'm sure you'll hate me when you see my true self. So I want to mess you up. I'll give you a body that can't survive without me. You have read way too much fucking hentai, woman. Are we about to get a, a boxing hell in a situation? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so the last shot is uh, Yuri with the rope, and then it cuts to a new credits song. New end credits song. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. How's everyone doing? Hi, I would like to get off Mr. Bone's Wild Ride. Yeah. What the fuck? I remember a day, day years ago, and you were like, hey, wanna, <laughs> you want to watch a show with me? And I said yes. I did not know what would awaited me in the future. If yeah. I knew, I probably would still say yes. But 
boy, I should have asked more questions. I mean, I didn't know that this was coming up until three hours ago, so... Three hours, you've just been sitting on this, waiting, knowing it would, this, this moment would happen. Well, I mean, we waiting? haven't even gotten to the next episode where stuff actually happens. Y'all, okay, I've been sitting on this waiting since um, yeah. you asked me to do these episodes. Yeah, actually. Wait, so, keep going? Yasha, can we, can we have a, a heart-to-heart about this? How the fuck does the show recover from this? Yeah, I, um, actually, let's, I know that most of what you probably want to get to is going to be in the next episode, but yeah. do you have like a, do, do you want to say anything about why you chose these episodes um, in the broader sense, if you can? The next episode gets into a lot of Yuri's motivations for what she's doing right now, and it doesn't make it better but it makes it more explainable. We get a look into her trauma. Yeah. The theme of this show seems to be that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say in a broad sense, that's what the show is about. Kind of the repetition of generational traumas. The cycles, if you will. Yep. Oh, boy. The rotations. Well. I know that we live in very different worlds sometimes because when you said the cycles, I immediately thought about I divine cybermancy and the cycles of guilt, and then I had to remind myself that that wasn't what you were talking about, and it completely. Okay, so Zencaster decided to do some server maintenance in the middle of our last recording, but instead of recording the rest of the episode that night we decided to watch a muppet christmas carol instead so we are back several days later (laughs) to discuss the episode i still maintain zancaster was traumatized by what we saw why do we have to go back to the episode couldn't we just talk about michael kane as scrooge in a muppet christmas carol i know everyone wanted to end the episode off there but we didn't even really get to talk or do our sign-offs or anything so here we are uh so yeah that was an episode of moaru penguin drum and it is setting up for another episode of moaru penguin drum that comes right after it Ooh, we are we are definitely over halfway through the show now and the kid gloves are coming off thanks i hate it yeah (laughs) how is everyone feeling about the i did did anyone figure out the Momoka Yuri thing before uh before this all came up or honestly I expected something like that was gonna happen. Uh-huh. I called that Yuri was being weird to Ringo in episode fucking five and all of you gaslit me about it. I hate I okay you've said this <laughs> once before. I feel like we had a conversation where I was saying that Yuri was intentionally fucking with Ringo and you kept trying to tell me she wasn't. No, it's probably me and I came around on that. Hmm. Someone who has listened to previous episodes, let me know because I'm not going to go back and listen. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to hear myself talk again. I have the memory of a goldfish, and I cannot remember what I have said in previous episodes. Listeners, please fill me in on what I've done. That's that's just podcasting, baby. Yay. <laughs> the most ephemeral form of media. 
but yeah, I Yasha, is there much you can say about why you wanted to pick this episode? Or not this episode. You're, you picked the next episode. Yeah, like, I picked the next episode and this basically shows the results of what happened, what we find out next episode. Mm-hmm. And in case anybody was uh, left in the dark on this, there is some pretty dark shit that happened to Yuri that led up to all of this. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I know- Traumatic childhood in an Ikuhara show? No, never. But um, yeah, I just think the conversation around Yuri is interesting in the sense of she- wasn't a bad person but her reality changed such that she became able to do these bad things which i think is like really real because you know i mean it seems like really like basic to say but like even good people are capable of like really horrendous acts like Mm -hmm. and yeah, I I like that we get are starting to get more on Yuri as a character because I have found her interesting, but they've been very cagey about the everything about her, I guess, aside from as a rival so to speak for uh Ringo mm-hmm. and uh, I like I I like I said I've already watched uh, episode 15 and so I'm pretty excited to dive into that one because it's uh it's a lot it's a lot uh it's very stressful and upsetting but yeah i'm i'm glad we're getting more on on yuri i'm certainly having feelings about this i have a two-part thing okay the first part is directed to the framing of uh the framing here I admit that this is a bias that I have. It's a scruple of mine, but I'm never a huge fan of the sort of, well, people are complicated and they can do bad things without being necessarily bad. Not because it's not true, because it very much is. I'm a little burned out on that, those type of narratives, because I feel like about half the time we do them, it's a really convenient way to sort of pretend like, no, that something is sort of not as bad as it is. When that narrative happens in real life, most of the time it ends up being about the worst person you've ever heard of. And so I'm really deeply skeptical when I see that art. Like, ah, yes, of course. The last person I heard this said about was a guy who I was told is not is fine, actually, because, you know, he's not that bad of a person. He just does bad things sometimes and then found out that he was a predator. So I'm always skeptical of this. Um, Not that it's not real it's just it's one of those things where we do a lot of narrative and this is and this may be a little too broad but it's one of a class of narratives that we 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 do in fiction that makes sense in isolation but i feel like we have not really come to terms with when they are sort of congregate when 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 we look at it in the broad picture of the kinds of messages that and the kind of discourse and the kinds of ideas that we have in fiction as a whole it can very easily be taken and used to defend people who are actually shitty monsters. 
and not mm-hmm. good people who have been like i don't want to say pushed to a point i don't want to imply that like yuri's mm-hmm. actions are a consequence of like something pushing her to do this specifically but yeah. just like she has been pushed to a point in her whole life where like this is one way that all of this is manifesting but uh i think you're i think you're right in that there's sort of an over representation of good people doing horrific things in fiction or people who are honestly pretty bad but we keep kind of maintaining this idea we keep trying to maintain this sort of well well actually in the background as we watch them do something they definitely did not have to do and Mm -hmm. that no one made them do. And that definitely hurt other people. And it's like, on one hand, I don't want to, I don't want to have the the position that fiction is primarily didactic is silly and it doesn't really hold up. Well, Yeah, like we disposed of this a long time ago for reasons, really good reasons. But on the other hand, the fictions that we create do have, some effect on the language we use to talk about real people and real stuff. And when we keep portraying certain situations in a specific way, we kind of create that ripple effect. You know, we, we talk about, we created decades of stuff about how the quirky misfits are good actually. And um, now we have an entire generation of tech bros who think that they are the, who think they are the quirky misfits. And that went really badly. So I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of skeptical of, of that angle. And I don't think this is a bad example necessarily, but I'm not sure that it's a good one. On that, I, I would just say I would, the employ of it in this is maybe slightly different because, I mean, I guess I don't know how much Penguin Drum was supposed to be a mainstream piece mm-hmm. of entertainment i don't know like where it was supposed to be positioned in what people were consuming at the time because i was not paying much attention to that at at that time specifically but so i feel like it's maybe slightly different than some of like for your specific example like the quirky misfit thing because that is something that's very Mm -hmm. that's like or you find that very heavily in like things that are supposed to be consumed by basically everyone does that make sense no i i agree i think there are examples of that type i could do for stuff that's not necessarily supposed sure. to be in the i, I don't think little... you're wrong i just think maybe it's a little different yeah i think it's a little different from specifically that one i think that th- there is a spectrum of narratives that has 500 days of summer the way that most people read that movie on one end and this kind of thing on the other sure and i would also say that like of the examples of this specific trope I have seen, this is definitely not the worst, and it's nowhere near one that I feel like is really bad. I think more that I'm just sort of tired of seeing it in general. My sure. second thing real quick was that of the two times I have watched Ikuhard do this, uh, an Ikuhard anime do this specific thing, i got to say the Utena, was, Utena one was a lot more impactful and better. Uh, you technically, <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to point this out because fucking i've had this on my chest for almost a week and i'm gonna say it now you've technically seen it three times this is the predecessor to maru Drum is the predecessor to yuri kumarashi as much as it is the successor to Utna. 
Mm-hmm. And Yuri's specific thing here is going to be revisited with Principal Riza Hawkeye. Yeah. And I'm gonna be real, I don't know how I feel about the fact that two of the three times Ikuhara has done this specific plot beat of an older person who is in a position of trust over the main character, or over a main character, sexually abuses them, that he specifically decided to lean into the predatory lesbian stereotype in a way that I'm not going to call him homophobic over it or whatever, but more, wow. No, I absolutely agree. This this sure is a thing that happened. Yeah. Kind of like, we we didn't need that. Yeah. Yeah. We could have probably gotten this, you could have probably gotten the same idea of some of this without maybe going this far... You know, I know that's not exactly Ikuhara's ethos, but... Here's a, here's another question that I, I can only ask to one person <laughs> in this room, because only one of us has watched all of Penguin Room. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, Yasha, mm-hmm. because you're coming on to talk about episode 15 too, so you can set us up a little bit for that now. Was this beat worth it? Do we reap something from what has been sown? Actually, that is one of my major problems with the series is I don't think in the end it was worth it. All right. Yeah. That's, I that, forgot about the... That is straight up like one of my major problems with Moaru Penguin Drum is I don't think that this had the impact that it could have had. I like the way that Yuri is characterized, but... It, hmm, I don't want to give away what happens, but it, I found it unsatisfying. I, I begin to see why you had some specific trepidation surrounding Penguin Drum when we were talking about it, uh, the last time the four of us were together. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I thought it was because of the sarin gas thing, and then it's like, no, actually, apparently that's not the <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing today. Yeah. We're, like, not even halfway through. Do you want to say that this is going to be the fucked up thing, the most fucked up thing that happens? I guess maybe... <laughs> I don't want to ask Yasha that, oh. but... <laughs> I wouldn't answer you anyway, because, Fair. like, to be honest, I think it's... It addresses a lot of fucked up things, and which one do you think is the most fucked up is going to be down to what you value as a person. Personal taste, for sure. Yeah. It's certainly... I yeah. personally don't like that that this didn't have the impact that I hoped it would. And that is that is coming from a place of, of actually really liking the way Yuri is characterized. Yeah. Like... I don't think I disagree either. Yeah. I'm gonna be real... I was trying to figure out, like, why didn't this bother me when the exact same thing happened in Yurikuma? And I kind of had, like, three answers hit me at once. One, Yurikuma's shorter, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem like it should affect it, but it kind of does, because Yurikuma builds to the beat of this happens significantly faster, mm-hmm. and it is past it significantly quicker. Two, in Yurikuma, it's already kind of a weird thriller horror as much as it is everything else that it is whereas maru penguin drum has done elements of that but like on the ikuhara is making a horror pastiche scale it doesn't really you know go yeah there. that's not so what he's doing here suddenly moving into this realm is like you know let me put it this way 
Especially once, you know, it was pointed out to me how much of Yurikuma is just, like, visually stealing stuff from movies like Suspiria, it becomes a lot more acceptable for, like, the kind of trope you would expect in an exploitation film to exist in that show. Not not the least of which because Yurikuma is also, to an extent, about the way that tropes like the predatory lesbian affect how people view actual human beings. I, mm-hmm. I also feel like in Yuri Kuma, it's less a, like it is the predatory lesbian trope, but it doesn't, it hits different in Yuri Kuma because everyone's a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It, it's sort of like, it's not bury your gaze if there's more than the one gay couple that yeah. like bad things happen to. Mm-hmm. Also, just frankly, less shit. It it goes less hard in a lot of ways. Also, I mean, there are so many things about this scene that are, like, worse in a scale of magnitude than in Yurikuma. Like, I mean, Principal Reza Hawkeye doesn't use a date rape drug. Mm-hmm. I'm an, I admit that I totally forgot that happened with her, probably because I was too busy thinking about um, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> and also, she doesn't, like bondage tie up anyone in pursuit of this like just the severity of the actions on the face of them is much worse in this as well yeah like can we fucking talk about this for a second i'm that's what we're doing (laughs) that's what we're here for yeah like what happened penguin drum has brought me on an emotional roller coaster more so than any other ikuni show because like I think every episode of Penguin Drum has kind of pulled a new emotional space out of me in some ways. And I've always been, I've been excited. I've been bored. I've been confused. I have been disgusted before, because if you all remember, back in episodes one and two, I was like, what the fuck is happening? This show is kind of fucked up. Yeah. And now, after going through all of that, Ikuni is, it's almost like he's flexing on me, because he wants me to know that he can still yank oh, that's fucked up out of me, even after everything I've watched. And I'm like, cool, my dude. I'm glad that you have this power as a director and a storyteller. 10 out of 10. Absolute Chad. Fuck you. Get out of my life. I hate you. Yeah. I think at the, you know, like, in a way, it almost doesn't surprise me that something like this comes from Ikuhara's 10-year hiatus after Utena. I don't know. Like, I... I'm almost not surprised for him to have been, like, stewing on ideas and stuff for a decade and then to have come up with something bonkers, like, all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I also think it's, like, uh, I, I think it makes for an interesting study of the way, like, because we can, like, once again, we can sort of track the way that he has tried to do the same things over and over throughout different shows and how, like, the execution of that changes from one to the next. And it makes it even weirder that we're doing it so out of order. <laughs> this might be a, a weird thing for me to say here, but I feel like it bothered me more, at least partially, because compared to the other two that times that this kind of thing has happened that we've brought up this one is so visually boring it feels <laughs> like like the other two have a lot going on i know without a shadow of a doubt shit is happening here. a lot less stylish in this and scene. they're very highly stylized there's like there's a lot like visually going on there's there's like 
there's sound design going on. There's all kinds of stuff going on where I'm like, okay, this is upsetting, but it's being, this is still like very much a controlled thing. And this one just happens. It feels like, and I don't know. I, not that it didn't just make me make it more upsetting. It also made it flatter. Like I actually did. I expected myself to feel worse in the moment, but I just didn't. It felt like I was almost disconnected from it occurring on the screen in front of me because it was like, this almost feels like this is the first draft of this scene. I don't think that's entirely fair to the scene itself because it's, it may not be. <laughs> it's, it's deeply well-directed. I think what you're you're hitting on is real, though, in that the other two scenes are extremely stylized and use a lot of abstraction. And in the case of Yurikuma or in the case of Utena, you've got the like very close up shot on Utena's face where she's almost where you get the long monologue. that's her kind of dissociating yeah. through everything. The lunch scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both of those beats are really well done in a way because first with the Utena one I, I think it's exceptionally well done because Utena is not entirely a passive victim in that scene and a lot of attention is being pushed toward her but second because in both of those the fact that it's being presented in this kind of stylized weird way is both novel and serves to give you like a level of detachment. Meanwhile Ringo in this scene has like Bella Swan levels of lack of agency. Mm-hmm. Say like that is unfair to Bella Swan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, sorry, I hate that bitch. Nothing's unfair to her. Uh, in all seriousness, Ringo in this scene is. If there's a thing I can compare it to, this is basically in. If a different director was doing this, this is where this whole movie turns into. Uh, I spit on your grave. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I'm aware. You're, you're familiar it. with it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's one of, like, the classic rape-revenge movies. Like, the best way I can describe uh, I Spit on Your Grave's entire everything is that it's also kind of doing this very intense, it wants you to be in the room and feel how bad everything that is happening is, mm-hmm. and it does not want you to have the luxury of looking away. Mm-hmm. But also, and I'll give Ikuhara this as well, which is that he knows precisely when to cut. Mm-hmm. There is no point in the scene where you are anything except horrified, and he gives you no opportunity to be titillated. Mm-hmm. Where's the weird color palette? Where's the I, like? I think you're you're right, but I think the a better version of what I was what I was trying to say before was sure this is well directed. Where's the part of it that's a Cooney? Guys, I just had sort of a horrifying thought about how this scene could have been made. I don't want to say like better because like by my suggestion would make it worse, but I, what if like while the assault stuff was happening, Ringo, because she's like drugged out is imagining it is like sort of experiencing it through her like ocean mind palace Oh. And, like, so I don't know exactly how, like, everything no, I, would... I was expecting that to happen. But, yeah. I thought that's where they were going. I thought that, that we were going to get the conversation that ensues through that. And I may be way off base here. This Doing the normal Ikuni route may have been a very bad idea. 
I'm just surprised it didn't happen, and I'm still trying to figure out if being surprised by that is weird or not. I want to throw something out at you, which is, you asked what in this is a Cooney, so I can't, I'm still looking for it, but that made me, something occur to me, which is, well, was this a Cooney? And the answer is, obviously yes, because it's his show, right? Well. He was neither the storyboarder or the director for episode 14, Mitsue Yamazaki was. And that is- That's fair. Kind of unusual for an Ikuhara show because you would expect that an episode pivotal like this would be one that he would like take the take the, the lead direct on. reins on. But it isn't from what I can tell, it's not all that weird for Penguin Drum in some ways because sure. uh Mitsue Yamazaki's other storyboarding directing credits are episode two, which is Ringo's introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh episode six, which that is when we get the introduction of Natsume, and uh, it's Ringo doing her first intensely Yandere shit episode, where she hides under Topaki's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And episode 11, which is, uh, you finally realized. So, lots and lots and lots of the pivotal episodes in the show are not necessarily all that. I should say episode 11 was storyboarded by Ikuhara. Yeah, well, he has, uh, like, co-storyboarding credits on a whole bunch of episodes, so... Yep, but yeah, Mitsuo Yamazaki apparently had a very big, a lot of creative freedom in this, and very unscientifically, looking around the wiki for Penguin Drum, because it was the only readily available source of English credits I can find, there are a fair number of episodes either storyboarded or directed entirely by other members of the Penguin Drum team. Yeah, Laura uh, definitely shared a lot of creative freedom around on this one. So let's take a step back there and ask a quick question while we still have time, which is let's not lay the blame like Yamazaki's obviously inferior because obviously sure he's he's very competent because we've seen his storyboard in other episodes. We have a tendency, unfortunately, to lay all of the blame on the bastard man, which is not very fair. And we and I know that I definitely need to be better about that. But um, it's so easy to blame everything on him. Mm-hmm. So let's ask another question, which is, should Ikuhara have made this one of the episodes he personally dealt with? Because you don't want to, like, say, you know, obviously no one else could possibly do this. Ikuhara has sure. tons of collaborators, and all of, and many of them are capable of replicating his style, which I know because one of them did fucking review Starlight, and 80% of the good things in review Starlight <laughs> are the things that look extremely like an Akuni sequence. Yeah. So there's got to be kind of like a level of, should you have done this just because this is an important episode to do this for? You are obviously the spearheading creative vision behind the show. Should you have gone all out on it? Should you have made this one of your personal priorities for, you know, doing this? And did he? Because, like, I obviously, I'm finding this through an incomplete list of credits. Maybe he did spend a lot of time in the co-storyboarding process or in the planning process. But, you know, should he have been more direct with that? Should he have just done it himself? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Questions we can't answer. It probably would have made for a more stylish episode but mm, i don't know and you know given that i have to say that if this movie were if if this movie if this episode were a short film i would probably be content aside i would probably be very on board with the animator in question getting to do more directing work because 
we talk sure. about like the episode activated me emotionally and i think it's supposed to do that Love and i'm not dread. saying it's good that it's go that the show has this in it but like if there had been a payoff for this <laughs> you know if you could have stuck the landing from it it would have been one of the most audacious directing moves that i think ikuhara's ever had in any of his shows and a lot of that is that it is refusing to be detached and that there is a lot of direct fucking control on the choice of like what to show what not to show what to cut there's still there's a lot of the violence that happens in this is entirely through illusion we do not actually see anything specifically happen to Ringo we know we know what happened we know it's fucked up but the episode does not have to show that to us it Mm -hmm. just has to tell us here are some specific details of this room and this scene and we know where it's going and there's something really interesting about like how talented this fucking director is that he can convey that almost entirely through just guiding our eye through the scene i was saying no so many times in this episode (laughs) and it was at all of the right spots and there's something to that in terms of like technical skills so sure i guess what i'm babbling about here is that wow i wish this technical skill had been used in pursuit of anything else well i mean (laughs) to be fair all we know is that yasha doesn't think that it pays off we know that we have lots of people in our audience who are big fans of penguin drum and may have a different opinion on that so Absolutely. and and we have no idea what our opinion is going to be on that. So and you know, I just want to say, like, any discussion of this episode is pretty much incomplete without discussion of next episode because yeah. we've only seen half the story. Yeah, yeah. So it's something you're gonna have to reserve a certain amount of judgment on. Mm-hmm. I guess. Sure. On that note, fuck this episode. <laughs> fuck the man who made it. Fuck the horse it rode into town on. And fuck you, Ikuhara. I'll see you next week. (laughs) I think it's pretty notable that, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but other than Yasha, two other people asked for the next episode, episode 15, and Yasha just happened to get in first. (laughs) Everyone wants to do episode 15. Oh boy. I can't wait for Ikuhara to win back my heart after crushing it. I don't, you know, I don't know if he will, but uh, (laughs) I liked the, or... I liked the episode. I'll say that. I like episode 15. I think it's an, an interesting and effective episode of, of anime. Yeah. But we will... I think it is one of the most interesting episodes entire series. But we will reserve conversation, obviously, for the next episode. I just yeah. wanted to, to give you guys that little tease that two other people who listen to the show also wanted to do that episode. <laughs> Actually, like, before we move on, I, I just realized part of why I'm so fucked up about this. Mm-hmm. Man, it's fucked up this happens to Ringo in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't have enough going on. This is getting up near, like, what did the deaf, dumb, and blind kid get for Christmas? Cancer! Yeah. Bit shamelessly stolen from YouTuber Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> Who just fucking mind-wormed that joke into my mind for making a similar point side bit real quick hazel in a uh somewhat recent ish video pulled a prank on me where she like was talking about things that she had been watching and then put revolutionary girl it's not on the screen and then quickly was like psych 
And I was like, fuck you. Watch your blue sherry girl eats in a hazel and then come on my podcast. <laughs> I know people who know her. It's not impossible. I am. If she does come on this podcast, 80% of it will be me crying and thanking her for making that stupid fucking elfin lead video that. I know, right? We're just gonna have to, like, spend five minutes crying first and then be able to act like normal people. But in- in- in this. (laughs) Anyway. Poor Ringo! Yeah! Come on! Needs She can't catch a break! And it's, like, it's not even, like, me going, like, I like this character and I want only good things to happen to her, it's- Can she have some good things happen to her? No. It's sort of (laughs) this kind of me going- I guess we're exploring all the traumas on your plate today, Ringo. Sorry, kid. Mm-hmm. Most people get by with one to three. You're getting the whole smorgasbord. She gets the whole plate. Well, and again, I do want to remind you, we've only seen about half of what goes on. And the resolution of all of this is in the next episode. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible at this point to to really know how much Ringo even remembers. Yeah, also true. God, guess it's time to wrap up so we can all get ready for the emotional train ride of next time on Mararu Penguin Dream. For what it's worth, I really prefer the emotional roller coaster of the next episode. It is stylized it is it is actually much more stylized in its depictions of things than this it is full of implications without being overt about them Mm -hmm. and i like that it doesn't defend your yeah it explains her but it doesn't defend her i will be looking forward to next episode because i trust your taste and value it and i think that if you are gonna say that about the next one i'm probably not gonna be let down by that well thank you i appreciate that even if i even if i'm not a huge fan of it it will (laughs) i'm probably like it a lot better than this based on just that do we have any final thoughts before we move into plugs i mean i feel like we've said basically everything i just wanted to make sure make sure we're all good I'm I'm all talked out. Thank you guys for entertaining my uh, my tangent there. <laughs> no, I appreciate great. it. Your tangent was good. My little bugbear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, listeners, if you would like to follow us on the internet, you could do that at Usnacast on Twitter. You can follow me at Impandanata on Twitter. Alice, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, uh, as long as Twitter exists, at Lyrewolf, L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. I'm working on, I'm thinking about doing a Tumblr so that when the inevitable fall Twitter happens, I can be on Tumblr as well. Yeah, I we are recording this probably like a month before it's going to come out, so we have no idea what's going to happen then. Uh, Cass, uh, you cannot be found online for the most part, but what would you like to plug here? I cannot be found online because I did not want to make a Twitter account so Elon Musk couldn't take anything from me. You're and so I was right to do it. However, you can find Alice and I's podcast Big Steppy online, and you can find the official Twitter for account for it, again, pending the inevitable fall of Twitter, at SteppyCast. And uh, Yasha, where can you be found online? Vana and I can always be found at our own website, which no one can take away from us. <laughs> 
O-H-T-O-R-I dot N. We also have empty.com now. Woo! Um, yeah. <laughs> if you want to find us on Twitter, if Twitter still exists, we are at O-H-T-O-R-I underscore N-U. We are also on Tumblr at empty-movement.tumblr.com. And you guys have actually been a lot more active on Tumblr pretty recently. Yeah. Yeah. And Tumblr has been a lot more active on us. <laughs> I would like to also say, again, this, it's going to be like a month before anyone actually hears this, but the first Penguin Drum movie is online, but there are no English subtitles. Fan sub communities, I'm calling on you, please. Someone, yes. why is there a Chinese fan sub of this movie, but not English? Someone help me. <laughs> and also, like, the, the fact that this apparently has been floating around the internet since, like, July, and there's no fan subs. It's like, what? Come on, guys. Get it together. I mean, I know I can't do it, so it's big talk coming from me, but come on. We got this. If you would like to find us on the internet, we also have a Tumblr. I don't really use it that much, but I should probably start using it more. Imagineusena.tumblr.com. And we have a Google form in our pin tweet that you can fill out if you want to come on the show or just uh, get in touch with us for something. Or you can also uh, email us at imagineusena at gmail.com. That is it. That's all the things we need to all say survival tactic at the same time. But first I have to put the survival tactic sound back in the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, we haven't recorded this podcast in weeks and I had to take it out to put something else in there. So I forgot. <laughs> survival tactic! There we go. That's what we have to say. All right. Uh, I'm going to do three, two, one, and we'll all say it. Three, mm -hmm. two, one. One survival, survival tactic! tactic.